You're listening to the weekly Joel Klatt segment podcast. Listen to it live every Wednesday between 8 and 8.30 a.m. during the football season. Presented exclusively by Audi Flatirons in Broomfield. Exceeding your experience from the first mile to the last. Our very own Joel Klatt, league college football analyst at Fox Sports, and he joins us now. Uh, he is presented by Audi Flatirons. Good morning, Joel. I just like I, I'm on I'm on information overload right now I, because you know how much I love movie references and so you throw out Office, then you're making Titanic references. All I can think about is Leonardo DiCaprio with the whistle in his mouth, freezing to death. Like <clears throat> I can't even have the Broncos. Let's just say it this way. Sounds like the Broncos have a case of the Monday, doesn't Mike? <laughs> you know, Joel, we acted out some very famous movie scenes that were critically acclaimed. We never did. I don't think we ever did Rose and Jack in the uh, in the ocean, did we? I don't think we ever did that. Uh, no, we we never we never got there. I believe that I was I was thrown out uh, before we could get there. Um, <laughs> But remember, remember that day we played band, not band. That was a fun day. That was a very that fun. That was day. a fun day. Proof that in radio you can do anything you want at least once. Right. Um, at least once. At least. At least once. At least once. Uh, let let before we get. Well, can we get a Wimbledon update? <laughs> <laughs> French. Oopin update. Oopin. Oopin. <laughs> Let's start with the Broncos. Hey, All right, guys. Yeah, hold sorry. on. All right, hold guys. on. All Mark, right. you got to ask him for the When Harry Met Sally clip. Oh, I've, I've, point, I've heard it many times. I've heard it. We've played it many times. It, was, it is. It's, I mean, how, you know what? How you're not doing things in Hollywood, right? Well, you do have commercials. Right. Like, you do have right. commercials. So, I mean, I, I watch no, you. No, not me. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about uh, uh, heed across from you. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like an orange on a toothpick. Mm-hmm. But this guy, he went to a different place. I did. Right I did. in front of my eyes. I was looking across that table. And he just, I tell you, I mean, just like tractor beam into that character. <laughs> yeah. Let me, hey, let I, me ask you. I qu- couldn't look at you, by the let way. Let me ask you a quick question. How does a guy like Mike... Oh, we're going to make this about me now. How does a guy like Mike, Yeah, yeah. and you saw Brian Robinson's big hats. How did Mike not develop big hats? He could have just sold hats out of his I closet. I don't even know. Right? I don't know. Could, as soon as he saw Burt Reynolds on Saturday Night Live with a big hat. Right. <laughs> it's a big hat because it's funny. He yeah. should have been like, light bulb. Ding, right. Ding. Yeah. This, this, is my, this is my business. Future. I know. Right. I know. Yeah. I know. It's funny because it's a big hat. Yeah. Bigger than a normal hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, guys, that's not my name. Yeah. Yeah. Ferguson. Ferguson. <laughs> it's a funny name. <laughs> oh, oh God. Right, let's get All this. Right. All, All right. right. Time to get serious. Okay. Mm. Let's get it back on the rails. Yes. Yeah. My right. goodness. Sports, 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 Anybody else surprised? My gosh. I actually heard uh, what you guys were, were talking about. And I think that there is something to the, you know, the idea of, you know, why kind of pave the way for your own demise? If you're a decision maker that decided on Nathaniel Hackett and now you have a new boss, and what are you going to do? Basically admit that that decision was wrong? Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't. I don't know exactly the ins and outs. I do know that this has been a disaster from the get-go, all right? I felt like they handled training camp wrong. 
they've been terrible in the regular season. Now we got, got you know, just like, hey, let's have the passing game coordinator call the plays, not the offensive coordinator. It's just it has been an utter disaster for the Denver Broncos this year. They need a total reboot. And un- unfortunately, and, you know, hopefully he can play better in the future, that, re- that reboot's going to have to involve Russell Wilson. So at, at some point, this is going to need to get torn down around him. Does anybody think that it's going to reverse course? No, that's, yeah, nobody thinks that. And here's okay. what I, yeah, go ahead. I would just say, so like oh, at that point, isn't it incumbent on you as, as an organization to be like, okay, let's move on. Correct. If, if you can't fix it as a coaching staff, it might have me go back and look at, at Seattle's first game. And then Broncos what, first game. Or the Broncos Seattle. first game against Seattle. And then, of course, last week's game. And the two offenses that are being run currently are the two offenses, the one from week one and the one that's being run now, they don't resemble each other at all. There was a classic West Coast, you know, getting to near and to far with a fullback, two backs, uh, getting to solo or to West, you know, two tight ends on one side or solo a tight end on each side, run the stretch play, the boot keep game off of that, you know, you're hitting the pin flat. You're, you're like you're doing everything that is typical West Coast offense, you're turning your back to the line of scrimmage from under center. You're faking that handoff. Great ball handling. Bam, you're popping up. You know, you're hitting a seam or you're hitting a, a easy throw. Joel, to what they're in now, shotgun three wide spread. Like, yeah. it, there's nothing that matches. And I guess my question to you is, like, you're either coaching that or you're allowing it to happen, as you always say. But my thing is, it looks to me like you've, as a as an organization, you've acquiesced what you wanted to do to your quarterback. You, you've you've changed the offense. You're not running the offense that you came in the season running. You've changed your play callers. You you've changed everything. The one guy that's been constant is Russell Wilson. It just feels to me like Russell Wilson is saying, "I don't want to play the way you want to play. I want to play the way I want to play." Yeah, I mean that could be it. I I, I will tell you though, when I go back and and think about that week one game. The game plan wasn't the issue. It was execution at times and then clock management and decision-making at the end, right? Like, that's what lost them the game because I thought the game plan was actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. They ran it decent. Uh, I thought that the boot game was really effective. Remember how effective the tight ends were? And Russell didn't even play well. He didn't even throw the ball accurately at all in that game, and they were in a position to win. And so to abandon that style, to your point, I think has been um, an an oversight, uh, to put it lightly. And what you have now, you're not going to win a a game like that. I don't don't think. There's only a few quarterbacks in the league that can sit in 11 personnel in somewhat static formations and just sit there and pick you apart throwing the football. And unfortunately, Russell Wilson is not one of those. The game plan that they had week one is exactly what you should do with Russell Wilson. It's where he's most effective. And it's where your offense can be most effective, and they haven't gone back to that. It's, you know, it's, to be honest, when I watch them, it becomes boring and tiresome. And I'm just like, this this isn't threatening the defense at all. And if I'm a defensive player on the opposite side, I'm relieved every time that they continue to just sit out there in 11, and 11 personnel means one tight end, one back. They sit out there in 11, three wide receivers, sit in shotgun, because they're not threatening me. I, do, I don't feel like I'm under pressure. Meanwhile, if you do get in and out of personnel groups, if you add tight ends, if you add extra gaps, 
if you're getting outside of the pocket, you're making me defend the 53 and a half as well as the 100. Like then, then I've got problems as a defense and, and you're forcing me to play really disciplined. You're forcing me to have great eye discipline and, and tackle well in space. And, and that's not the case right now. Visit with Joel Klatt. Joel, I think there's a perception out there that you want your quarterback and the primary play caller to be completely on the same page, completely in sync. But I, I, I wonder if maybe you want a little bit of tension, some creative tension, uh, a little bit of battle back and forth between your quarterback and your primary play caller. Do you? Well, I think that it needs to be more like my, like a marriage. You've got to be on the same page and, and pulling in, in the same direction, but that doesn't mean that it's always going to be uh, w- without disagreement. I think that that disagreement just has to take place at a very certain time, and then there needs to be a conclusion out of that. And and at at the point in time in which you're in a game – in, in my estimation, at least, and, and listen, you know, this is take it for what it's worth. There. Wow. What a cliffhanger. Wow. Once you have. Oh. oh, Joel, you're in and out. All right. Let's, 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 let's get Joel back on uh hold there and we'll, uh, we'll get him. I, I, he, Cause he started to say something. And yeah. We're all like, yeah. Waiting. Yeah. He was like, he left you running the cliffhanger. Yes. It was like it was like Curly right before he died. <laughs> and he goes, the secret of life is one thing. <laughs> and then he's dead. He had his finger up, and you're like, what's the one thing? What's the one thing? Right. Don't go dying. What's the one thing? We'll, give me, get, we'll give, get Joel back here in a second. Give me the one thing. I need the one thing. I know. We never figured it out. We'll get it back on here in a second so he can finish his thought. I want to get I want to get it to into uh, Deion Sanders college football playoff. We got we got a lot of ground here to cover. Clocks are ticking. Come I on, know. Joel, let's go. He's on four oh five somewhere right now. All right, we get you back. All right, okay. Right. What you you were where where did he leave us with? The I don't know. It was it's such a cliffhanger, and then it just I I said it was like Curly when he said the secret of life is one thing, and then he just killed over dead. You were like making a great point, <laughs> and then you died. I said the one the one thing that you have to have as an offense is during a game, during those 60 minutes, is a hierarchy of command. And and you can have a marriage during the week where you each have input, but at some point someone has to make decisions, and then those decisions have to be executed and operated. And, you know, when, when, when everybody starts second-guessing those decisions, then you're in trouble as a football team. And so, you know, for, for my situation, yeah, I, I do think that it needs to be a little bit more of, of a marriage between the play caller and the quarterback than anything else. Because once you are, are out front of people, you don't want to start having those arguments at that point. What are you hearing about Deion Sanders to see you? I mean, I, I hope that this is the case. Obviously, he confirmed that there was an offer made. I would be over the moon if that were to happen. I think that it would make Colorado as relevant as they have been in well over two decades. Uh, This is a guy that in the modern style of college football, I think would be absolutely perfect. Think about getting in every single living room in the country uh, in terms of recruiting. Think about the number of transfers that would want to 
come and play for Deion Sanders. I think he is proving himself to be an, an excellent coach. They're undefeated uh, at Jackson State. This is not a gimmick. And if this is the case and he's considering it, I mean, I'll drive down there and drive him to Boulder. I mean, do, I'll do whatever he wants because I think that would be an unbelievable hire for the university. Why isn't he in more demand? Well, I, he has been. Trust me when I tell you, uh, almost every school that has an opening at this point has inquired at least about Dion. Now, whether they actually entered into conversation is, is another thought. I, I would also suggest that in, in the coming landscape of college football, I believe that there are going to be more jobs that you can consider being quality jobs. And I think that you would put Colorado on that list. Once we expand the playoff and the path to the playoff is, is defined for everybody out there, then all of a sudden you start looking at, well, what is the path in each conference? Okay, so if, if the path of the playoff becomes that the six best conference champions from throughout the land get a berth into the playoff, well, then really if you're in a conference that plays, you know, Power 5 football, you're going to go to the playoff if you can win it. So now you USC and UCLA move to the Big Ten, and you're sitting in a 10-team Pac-12 you can make the argument that Colorado's path to the playoff is, is easier than even a place like Auburn, who's going to have to go through a 16-team SEC, not even be the preeminent program in their own state. So while, yes, they have, they have had success and, and have money and access to recruiting and, and all these things that you would say on the surface is, is pretty fantastic, if you're a guy like Dion and you yourself – are going to build a national recruiting base. Wherever you go, kids are going to look at you and they're going to probably come play for you. And then all of a sudden you just have a 10-team conference in front of you. I think people might fail to realize how good of a job Colorado really is in the coming landscape of college football. Hey, Joel, uh, real quick, you called the Michigan-Ohio State game. Were you surprised at all by uh, Michigan and, and what they did in the second half there and, and, and basically, uh, you know, basically – putting it on Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to say that I was surprised. I, I think that Ohio State was going to hell or high water stop the run. And because of that, they borrowed a lot from the rest of their defense to go stop it, which is going to always lend itself towards giving up big plays. And, and I think the thing that was surprising the most is that during the portion of the game which Ohio State was controlling and playing on their terms, Michigan was able to hang with them, and I think that's a nod to their young quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, who was himself a five-star, that he has increased the level of the effectiveness of their offense to a point where they can go up in gear and hang with a team that is as talented as, as Ohio State when they're not playing their, their kind of grinded-out style. They can go play a different style, and eventually they will be able to grind it out and, and give the game to those offensive linemen which they dominated in the last basically eight minutes of the fourth quarter. So I think that was maybe the biggest surprise. But, man, that was a fun game to broadcast, i got to tell you. Real quick, as we look at these, um, these four teams, Michigan, win for those who want Nathaniel Hackett to be fired or believe he will be uh, fired, immediately you start talking about possible replacements. And I want to ask you about Jim Harbaugh. Uh, do you think Jim Harbaugh is more likely a college football lifer? 
the next, uh, what you say, Bo Schembechler, Bo Schembechler or Woody Hayes? Yeah, I think he's or morphing is, into those guys. Or is he somebody that you think uh, still wants to come back and give the NFL another shot? Well, remember, he scratched that itch, and, and I thought he was going to be gone to Minnesota, and I think he thought he was going to be gone to Minnesota uh, to coach the Vikings last year. When that didn't happen, he seemed to make peace with the fact that, no, you know, I'm just going to stay here and be a college coach. Um, that's just the way that, that it seems to me when I meet with him. Now, having said that, you cannot – it is impossible. You might not like him personally. But you cannot make an argument. There is not a path to an argument that he's not a really great football coach at any level. Think about what he has done every single place he's been. Michigan, did you know that they've got the second-best record in college football over the last 26 games? Second-best. Better than Alabama, better than Ohio State. You know, the only team that's better is Georgia in that same span. Georgia is 25 and, and 1 in their last 26. Michigan is 24 and 2. So he's putting this program on the elite level that we see in our sport. He did that with the 49ers. He did that with Stanford. Look at where Stanford has gone. David Shaw just had to step down. I mean, they're a shell of their former selves. And so you can't make an argument that he's not a great coach. I think that he probably. If, if I Let's just say this. If I was hiring a coach today, any budget, any level, I would go after him first. All right. Great stuff. Awesome. You got the big uh, – you got the uh, championship, big, big Ten championship, right, on uh, yep. Saturday? Big Ten championship on Fox Saturday night. Here we go. Real let's, quick, let's real rock. quick. Give me a 20-second answer. Can any team in the top four lose and still stay in the top four? Yes, all three of the top three. I believe Georgia, Michigan, and TCU are going to be in regardless. Mm, okay. So USC. Right. USC is the one that's uh, playing for the spot. That's right. With Ohio State ready to uh, pounce if, if, uh, if, the, if the Trojans lose. That's right. Okay. Very good. All right. Thank you, Joel. Bye, Joel. You got it. See you, boys. Joel Klatt, lead college football analyst at Fox Sports. He joins us presented by Audi Flatiron. Hello, this is Ryan Watson, Vice President and General Manager of Audi Flatirons and Audi Boulder Service. When was the last time a dealership delivered the experience you were looking for? Have you ever felt that buying a car was solely about making the sale? It should be about the relationship, beginning with your commitment to do business with us and continuing through the years to follow. Our team is dedicated to exceeding your expectations from the first mile to the last. Come see us in person or visit us online at AudiFlatirons.com or AudiBoulderService.com.